Hello, and welcome to the Applicant Podcast. I'm Rebecca Tripp, and on this podcast, we talk about education, immigration, and the law. On this episode, I am interviewing Andrea Klein. Andrea and I met through freelancing well over a year ago now, but we freelance in different areas of law. So she enjoys working in family law, where I enjoy working in immigration law. Andrea owns her own coaching business called The Wholehearted Divorce. Uh, We're going to discuss this in detail on this episode, but before we dive into our interview, I just wanted to take a moment to highlight something. So when most people talk about and think about law, they think about judges and lawyers. And as an immigration consultant and paralegal, I try my best to highlight these two other legal professions on this podcast. But there are also so many other positions and people that are needed in the legal industry to keep it running as a well-oiled machine. There are court clerks, law clerks, legal assistants, but there are also counselors, therapists, specialists, and experts, even coaches that play a key role as well. So I hope with this interview, it sheds some light onto these other professions and creates greater awareness of all that goes into a single legal file. So without further ado, here is Andrea Klein. Uh, Andrea, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes. Well, why don't we start off with you quickly introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Andrea Klein. I'm a divorce trauma recovery coach, CEO and founder of The Wholehearted Divorce. I help my clients process and heal from the ending of their relationships so that they don't go out and seek emotional justice through the legal system or the family legal system. Um, In addition to that, I'm also employed by our local courthouse, the Welland Courthouse, as a judicial assistant to the wonderful Superior Court justices there, which is an amazing job. And I'm a freelance family law clerk as well. So just a couple things on your to-do list. (laughs) Just a few. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So why don't we start from the beginning and you can um, just kind of give us a bit of a background on um, like your educational background and how you got into your career. Yeah, absolutely. So I've known since I was really young, probably since taking grade 11 law that I wanted a career in law. It was so much fun doing those mock trials and, you know, being like the lawyer for the plaintiff and all that. I was like, this is so cool. So I always knew I wanted a career, but I never really had the, um, the, I didn't think I could have the stick with itness enough to be a lawyer and make it through all the way through law school. I'm very much a hands-on to-do type person. So the law clerk, law clerk program seemed like the right fit for me. So I attended Humber College. Um, in 2004, I completed my law clerk diploma. And then following graduation, I started working right away at um, a local Toronto courthouse as a court reporter, which was a really cool job. I was um, recording and transcribing court proceedings, bail hearings, trials, all kinds of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So I did that um, up until 2009 when I um, I actually went through my own separation with my son's father. And during that time, while I was working at the courthouse, I met a family law lawyer who kind of helped me put together a separation agreement, helped me with my divorce. And so following my separation agreement I, and all of this stuff, I started sort of becoming more interested in family law. And so I started working for this lawyer's firm as a family law clerk in uh, Mississauga for just, a, he had two or three lawyers working with his firm. So I was their law clerk. It started off as a junior law clerk. Um, in 2016, I kind of decided I needed a break from law, especially family law. It's a very emotionally charged area. Yeah. Um, 
So I actually decided to go for a completely different career. I decided I want to go, I was going to go to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition um, and get a natural nutrition program, become a registered holistic nutritionist. So I did that for a couple of years. I operated um, my own nutrition business for about two years or so. Um, and then in 2019 I, or 2018, I think I ended up going back into the field of law. <laughs> just couldn't couldn't stay away. Um, in 2019, I went to Fort Lauder Lauderdale. Sorry, in 2019, I went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida to take um, sort of a pilot program. It was called the Certified Divorce Specialist Training. Um, it was a really great program. The majority of that training focused on communication skills and really divorce specific training for helping divorce professionals help divorcing clients, like mortgage brokers, real estate professionals, legal, emotional, financial, all those different um, professionals that taught a lot of really good communication skills and how to kind of de-escalate conflict and encourage emotional regulation in divorcing clients and in ourselves when we're dealing with divorcing clients, because it's a very, as I say, a very emotionally charged um, career. Yeah. Yeah. And then following that program, I decided to change my focus from law clerking um, for lawyer to lawyers, sorry, I decided to change my focus from law clerking for lawyers to holistic divorce coaching for parents going through separation. And um, yeah, that kind of led me to seek out um, some tr coach training. So I did take a holistic uh, coach training in 2021 um, through Kids Coaching Connection, which is a wonderful program. It really just focused on client led coaching and just coaching in a very heart centered way. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, I didn't realize that, uh, there were such programs out there, like the one in Fort Lauderdale. I didn't know there was such thing as that would, and I think it's a great, um, addition to the, the legal industry and, and family law specifically, because you're right. It is a very emotionally charged area of law. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's something out there like that. Thank you. We're actually working on bringing that into Canada. Um, right now, it's just a U.S. program, but I'm working with the um, the program director to try to bring something like that here to Canada, so that like other law clerks and lawyers have access to that kind of training here too. Yeah, it'd be very valuable. It would be. Yeah. So um, moving forward, you've kind of already tapped into this, but you've had a really interesting career. Um, so would you mind telling me a bit more about kind of what's happened since all the, the education that you've completed? Sure. So yeah, so following my graduation from Humber College's law clerk program, um, as I mentioned, I was hired by the Ministry of the Attorney General as a court reporter. <clears throat> Excuse me, I worked there for about five years. Mm -hmm. Um when I was a court reporter, my responsibilities mainly included um, recording court proceedings and then typing out transcripts of the recordings after they were ordered. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed this position. It was really fun because every day was so different. You got to hear different things, you got to see different things. Your day was never the same, which was great. Um, it was all very interesting. But the job became a little more challenging after I had my son because there was a lot of sort of after hours work involved, a lot of invoicing, a lot of, you know, typing after court and that sort of thing, editing yeah. transcripts, going in early binding. So in 2009, I decided I needed more of a sort of nine to five type job, which was one of the reasons I started working for um, that family law lawyer I'd mentioned earlier. Um, and yeah, so since 2009 to 2021, really, um, I've been basically working as a law clerk, a family law clerk for sole practitioners and very small law firms. 
Mm -hmm. And I mean, in those law firms, my responsibilities were really varied. They included everything from answering phones and tidying the office to drafting court proceedings, affidavits, correspondence. Um, I did some bookkeeping, some accounting, HST returns, um, so many different things. Um, a lot of my time, though, was spent really just listening to clients vent about their spouses and just the challenges, <laughs> you know, that that they face dealing with yeah. the family legal system. And that's ultimately what led me to really start my own business, The Wholehearted Divorce, in 2021. Um, so in March of 2021, I moved from Oakville to Niagara, and I decided this was a great time to sort of break away from the law clerking. I was ready to leave my full-time job, and I was ready to really start focusing on my own business. So mm -hmm. I spent most of 2021 um, really just diving into the emotional and the holistic sort of components of divorce and creating my 12-week divorce coaching online program, The Mindful Divorce Method, which has really been a passion project of mine since starting my business. It's been so much fun. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in addition to that, I still continue to do work as a family uh, freelance family law clerk um, part time. And then last September during COVID, I was actually also offered a remote part time teaching position at Humber College. So I did that for about a year and a half until classes returned to in-person learning. And this was definitely one of my favorite jobs because it was such an honor to go back and teach at the college that I graduated from in 2004, so many years ago. Mm. So yeah, so that was awesome. So, you know, today I continue to run my business. And as I mentioned, I'm also a judicial assistant um, at the Welland Courthouse, which I just love because it just, the judges I work with are amazing. And it just gives me a completely different perspective um, mm. on, you know, the law and the legal system and the way things work, you know, seeing it from the judge's perspective versus seeing it from the lawyer's perspective and the client's perspective. So it's just, it's been such a wild ride. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I find it really interesting going back to something you said early on um, with your first job as a court reporter, um, that it wasn't like the typical nine to five. And I always thought when working in like um, the courthouse or you know, when you're, when you're at that level, that it would be a very strict nine to five, um, just given how, you know, Germans go and, and timelines and, and whatnot, it's very strict, but I guess it's not the case when you're actually like working in there, which is, which I, I did not know that. So that's like, thank you for letting us know that. Cause that's really interesting. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like they had different hours categories and you kind of had to fit into an hours category, but things happen like court would be adjourned early and then or sometimes you'd have a two-hour break but you don't necessarily get paid for that two hours but then if you have a laptop you can type it's it's very much like you know kind of almost like having your own business with the typing too because you've got your court time and then you've got your typing time so it's very different it's a great way to start out um clerking and and all of that stuff um for the courts but I found I needed something more solid. Now, this position I have now is more nine to five and I love it because yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know what your hours are, you know what your days are, you go in, you do your job and it's easy. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, court reporting had its had its uh, good good things and it's not so great things, but um, overall it just gave me a really great experience. I think it was a great way to start my career. Yeah, yeah. And you would just be exposed to so much, especially uh, like when you're starting out. Um, yeah, it's a great opportunity to be able to see so many different cases and, and how it actually plays out within the courts. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would even encourage a lot of my students sometimes at Humber and say, hey, like, you know, if you're looking, because a lot of them would ask me about like career direction, what do I do after this? I'm like, apply at your courthouse, you know, apply to your local courthouse, go on the ministry website, because, you know, there are these positions that are open. And if your typing's up to par and you have your law clerk diploma, why not try it, right? Yeah. yeah. And it gives you um, great exposure, exposure to litigation as well. And you can see how people represent clients and how how clients react within a courtroom, um, because that's a, a whole other element of, of doing litigation. So yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's a great opportunity for new grads. Yeah. Absolutely. So like you said, you now have your own business, the wholehearted divorce. Um, you, you've already kind of touched on it, but like, how did that get started and what type of services do you provide within your business? So the wholehearted divorce was really born out of my career as a family law clerk and just really seeing and experiencing with my clients all of the limitations and the challenges that divorcing parents face while trying to navigate the family legal system. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I saw over and over was just how frustrated the clients were and and how frustrated the lawyers were alike. you know, a lot of the times lawyers were being treated poorly by clients because the clients just didn't understand why things were taking so long and, you know, why they had to go through all of these procedures and things that they did. And, you know, as a law clerk, our clients, our clients would often get angry with me and they'd, they'd vent their frustrations out on me because, yeah. you know, well, I was cheaper per hour than the lawyer was. So, you know, and, and you become, you know, you develop a very close relationship with these clients, you know, you, you, they're almost like, yeah. you know, you're, you're there, you can listen to them, they can vent to you that you, they feel safe. So that was kind of what encouraged me to really want to get into the coaching aspect as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, being able to listen to them, but kind of saying, sorry, I really can't help you. This is kind of the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times clients would put unrealistic expectations on their lawyer, you know, things that their lawyer couldn't do. They take out their anger and frustration about their separation through the legal process by trying to achieve some kind of emotional justice, which really does not exist. Yeah. So there was just so much stress and so much tension for the client and for the lawyer. And then because of that, there was just so much unnecessary money spent through the process, right, that really didn't need to be spent. So what I wanted to create with the Wholehearted Divorce was really just a program that would kind of bridge the gap between the emotional healing component of divorce, which really needs to happen, while also providing my clients with tools and education that would help really help them really understand the legal process so that they would know what they could, what could and should be handled through a lawyer and what they could maybe work on with me or with a therapist or with somebody else, a different professional which is really that healing aspect, which is so important and so overlooked. Mm -hmm. So I knew there was this massive need for just more education and more mindfulness in the divorce industry. So when I created my coaching program, the Mindful Divorce Method, my goal was really just to be able to educate clients in real time, allow them to ask questions, you know, allow them that safe space to vent, to just express themselves where they didn't feel judged and, you know, to give them, you know, a group of other, you know, supportive moms who were going through the exact same thing they were too, which was really giving them that sense of community, which a lot of divorcing parents and divorcing people don't have. <laughs> there is no community in divorce, right? We feel so alone when we're going through it. Mm-hmm. So I gave them that space to work through that deep emotional healing aspect that they, that so that they so desperately need to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going into the process in a state of anger, in a state of frustration and, you know, maybe prolonging the process or spending more money than they need to. Mm-hmm. 
So, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, I, sorry, you mentioned the, <laughs> sorry, you mentioned the program as well. I do offer yeah. a 12-week group coaching program, which is, it's a combination of weekly educational modules, which help clients prepare and educate themselves on the process of divorce. And they kind of work through the program at their own pace, um, but the material is there and ready for them when they're ready. Um, the other part of the program is really just giving them weekly real-time support from me so that they can get guidance, they can get, you know, um, some information on next steps or you know if they feel stuck they can kind of get some guidance on where they where they want to go mm -hmm. um you know what they can ask me what they can ask their lawyer maybe how to bring it up with their lawyer how to find a lawyer you know yeah. all of those things right even what questions to ask a lawyer and how to go about retaining what is a retainer a lot of people don't even understand the process of retaining a lawyer right so there are so many things involved that i try to walk them through and so they also get access to my group weekly group online coaching, which again has been a really great way to help them build community. So it helps those moms who are going through divorce connect with other moms and really support each other. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's that's kind of the gist of how it works. And um, and then the other part of my business is just offering freelance law clerk services to family law lawyers. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and what I was going to kind of chime in um, earlier and say is that I think your business and your program really helps them obtain closure because there is so many moving pieces and it is a very emotionally charged situation um, that, you know, if you go through it with not the right mindset, without the right support system, you know, you can end up on the other side divorced, but maybe with zero closure. So I really, I, I, I admire, um, not just your business model, but the way that you're looking at it more like psychologically and you're assessing like, okay, like what do people actually need when they go through a divorce? Like, yes, they need a lawyer, probably a therapist, but they need to actually understand like what's going on. And the idea of you having like a networking element to it where other people going through a divorce can meet up with other people going through a divorce because it's not likely that you know someone in your own world that's going through a divorce at the exact same time, right? So I, for all those elements, like I just, I really, I, I find your business so fascinating and it's so needed. And, and I really hope that like more people learn about it. And I mean, hopefully no one has to use your services, but at the same time, it's so great that the, those resources and those services are available for when people are really going through like one of the lowest points of their life. So yeah, I really, I, I admire your business model. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, my, my theory is divorce can be done in a loving and a kind and a compassionate way. We might not forgive right away. We may not, you know, see, you know, the big picture, but I, I just feel like if clients are educated, if parents are educated on, look, if you're going to do this, here's what the end result will likely be. Most mm -hmm. people aren't going to do this. <laughs> They're going to go at it in a different way. And then when they have that education, they have that sense of support and community. It just makes the process so much easier on them. And they can avoid a lot of those costly, awful mistakes that are made, you know, that end up costing families, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and not even just money, just the emotional, you know, strain that that families go through the alienation and just some of the really awful stuff that, yeah. you know, I hate to see I see it every day in court unfortunately but it's it's awful that parents people have to go through that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and knowledge is power if they know what's taking place the different parties involved 
um, it really can make a big difference and, and speed things up too, right? You know, one wants to go through like a five-year divorce. That's not the ideal situation. So yeah, the more you understand and the more you know about it, I think the quicker it goes, which is, which is good, right? So absolutely. And you're not fretting about it all the time. Like people, uh, clients are always, they have it on their mind. It's always on their mind, but when you have that safe space and you have the people to talk to about it and you have the information, you feel like you can kind of get on with your life too. You don't have to always be thinking about your divorce. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, to clarify, um, cause I know this was one of the questions that I had when I first saw like your business model and, and what you're doing. Um, so you don't provide any legal advice or, um, any legal, um, representation. Your business is more like the conduit in between all the moving pieces. Is that right? Exactly. What I provide is more educational in nature. It's not advice. I don't say, you know, you should do this or you should be asking for this much money and support or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a lawyer. I, I tell people up front, I have my waivers. <laughs> but um, but I do think that it's important to get education, you know, making sure that people have access to, you know, public information. Well, where can I find this out? And, you know, is there a resource that I can ask about, you know, support or property division or, you know, what is an equalization payment? A lot of people don't know that, you know, those are the kinds of things that I can help answer, like just questions about sort of, you know, what's involved, I, educational questions, I'd say more, more than advice, right? Mm -hmm. It's just providing knowledge, providing information, you know, I can, I can give names, I can give resources, I can do all kinds of stuff like that. So definitions yeah. that are important to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people don't, I mean, sometimes I've gotten clients who said, I, I get this offer to settle, I don't know what this is. Like, can you explain this to me? Right? Or do I have to respond? right away you know things like that so yeah there's a lot yeah. of moving pieces to it and sometimes it's just a matter of asking a simple question and just getting an answer and it can just diffuse your anxiety mm -hmm. yeah yeah because divorce is a very anxiety ridden situation yeah yeah no, I think that's great um so you've been working in the legal industry for a few years now and I would consider you're at like a senior level in the family law area um so if you could change anything with the legal industry with like a wave of the wand what is something that you would like to see that you change that's a great question. I love that question. So, I mean, I think especially in family law, because it's the most emotionally charged area of law, I believe, I think there's a really a much greater need to incorporate therapeutic or a healing process into the legal process. I honestly, I honestly believe that if every divorcing person was mandated to get some kind of coaching or counseling as soon as they brought their court application against their spouse, if they're asking for any kind of contested relief. Um, I believe that the courts would be less crowded. I believe that, you know, things would go much smoother. I think if every client, like as soon as they brought that contested divorce application and served their, their spouse, it could be like court mandated that, you know, no, you have to go for therapy coaching or some sort of, you know, on some sort of like healing. I, I know they do try to mandate mediation, which doesn't always work, depends if yeah. there's a power imbalance and stuff. But I think if they mandated some sort of healing mechanism, like coaching or therapy, that would make a really big difference on how many cases the courts were, you know, listening to and how far along they were backlogged to. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, I always tell my clients, you know, divorce is 80% emotional and really only about 20% legal. 
um, the legal process becomes so much easier on families, but especially on children, when mm -hmm. the parents actively participate in their own healing journey, rather than rushing off to court to litigate. So if I had a magic wand, I would mandate that every party involved in a contentious or high conflict divorce be mandated to attend either divorce coaching or therapy prior to going through litigation or while going through litigation even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I, you know, my overarching thoughts on therapy is I think everyone needs it and I think everyone would benefit from it. And so, especially when it comes to divorce children, um, the legal system and the backlog, like it, it's just like, why not take a moment to take a step back and talk to someone that's not involved in the situation that doesn't have any invested interest that doesn't really know who you are and just sit down with a therapist or, or a coach and just kind of talk it out. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're right. Like mediation is, um, is prevalent in the family law, um, area, but it, it doesn't always work. And like you said, there is a, a power imbalance that's usually taking place or that's commonly taking place. Um, so again, that's another way that like therapy and coaching could really help with that and help deal with that and work through it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So my last question for you, um, and it's something that I ask everyone, cause I, I really find it quite fascinating how people go from like high school, college, and then into their career and like where they are now. So going back from the beginning to the beginning, um, what one piece of advice would you give your 18 year old self if she was standing right in front of you? That's a really great question. I had to really think about like, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a great question when you told me about that. And I was like, you know, I had to really ponder it. But I mean, and I don't even know that my, I would be giving my 18 year old self career advice. I think I would say to my 18 year old self, just be you. Stop spending so much time trying to people please and worry about worrying about what everybody else thinks of you. You know, you get this one chance at life you get this one chance to leave your lasting impression on the world. Don't waste it. Mm -hmm. Don't let fear hold you back. Just be you. Go out there, chase your dreams, and just go full out. You know, don't hold back. I feel like as, as, young, as a younger person, as a teenager, I was kind of held back. Like, I always kind of just hung back. You know, to see what everyone else was doing. And, you know, I never really just fully pursued my passion. And I feel like had I done that, you know, right away, maybe you know, maybe I could have done this coaching business earlier, maybe it would have gone been farther along, I don't know, but I don't know what would have happened, you know, if I'd, you know, I'd really followed my own advice mm -hmm. as an 18 year old. But I say just be you, you know, don't worry about what everyone else thinks you can't please everyone. And it doesn't matter what other people think of you, you know, just go be you, be you yeah. do you and, and just make something of this, this one life we get right. Yeah. You can't please everyone. That's a really good way of putting it. You really can't. So yeah, I think that's great advice for 18 year old Andrea and, and every other 18 year old, I think, um, you know, especially with social media and especially with everything that's going on right now in, in COVID, um, it's really hard to kind of break out of your shell or go with your gut or, or, you know, just, um, not try to please everyone. So I, I, I think that's really relevant to a lot of 18 year olds right now. So yeah, I thank you thank for you. it. And I, I think that's really good advice. 
Thank you. I love go with your gut too. I think that's another thing I would, I would say to my 18 year old self, just go with your gut, you know, don't always like try to overthink and overanalyze things like trust your own instincts, trust your own into intuition. And that's something I'm working on now even is to yeah. still kind of trusting my own inner wisdom and that I, you know, I, I've got this, I know what I'm doing. I'm good. Like it's yeah. okay. And especially as you know, having your own business, there's a lot of doubts. There's a lot of things that cross your mind. Should I, shouldn't I, maybe I should be taking on more clients. Maybe I should try this avenue of marketing or that or whatever it is and and it's like you know at some point you have to just just let it be and just trust that it's going to work out you just have to trust in yourself so yeah go with your gut it's another mm -hmm. great piece of advice <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you so much for um taking the time to sit with me today and and have this conversation well <laughs> yes you too rebecca thank you so much for having me this has been so much fun wonderful all right well we'll talk soon <laughs> okay sounds good Bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to learn more about Andrea Klein and her business, The Wholehearted Divorce, I'm going to link her website in the episode notes. Um, so next week, I have another exciting interview to share with all of you. So you'll definitely want to tune in again for that as well. Um, have a great weekend. And thank you again for listening to the applicant podcast.